every time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Glorious Bastards Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and the five steps towards personal greatness in the new year. My name is Michael Basinger, <laughs> our Matt Polly, Yo. Brad Polly, hey. and together we are the Inglorious Pastors. Y'all ready for this? I'm ready. Brad and Matt are taking pictures. I'm riffing. Um, Stop. Yeah. So, uh, announcements. Pastors Live, Bloomington, Indiana, January hey. 21st, 7 p.m., Bloomington, Please RSVP. We don't want to break fire code. Um, we're not going to break fire code. We're not, not going to Good code. God. You don't have, it, RSVP just so we know you're coming, but if you want to bring somebody else, just bring somebody else. <laughs> Michael's being a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> RSVP. No. Cause, don't cause worry about it. Jesus just show do. up. Jesus would RSVP. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Uh, literally, his birth. That's what Mary and Joseph were doing. We're RSVPing. Is that where we're landing on that? I don't know. Okay. Is that the theologically accurate? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, what, what are we drinking? We've got a lot to We've talk about. We've got a lot to drink. Um, <laughs> Holy crap. We've let's already... just talk about this. This round is on Ray. Uh, um, Guilford would be Guilford. his last name. Yeah. yeah it's called reading. I, Top I, to bottom, I, left or right. I typed it wrong. It said Gifford. Nope. Uh, and that's not nope. it. It's Ray Gifford. Definitely not Frank's brother. Yeah. I, it tripped me up because I knew that was wrong, but I wanted to make <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> we have a Frank Gifford yeah, reference. we did. Frank's dead. Wow. What? So is Carrie really, Fisher. Okay. So is Carrie Fisher, yeah. Damn it. Motherfucker. 2016 can eat a dick. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Kind of uh, that, with the exception of starting this podcast. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. Like... Um, after we had that episode last week, we were talking about all the great things. Uh, <laughs> I, la- I later, I later retracted it. <laughs> yes. um, so Ray Guilford uh, from Austin, Texas, um, a.k.a. Galactic Wonderlust on Twitter, uh, sent us a bunch of little bottles of... Uh, liquor. Li- liquor. Assorted liquors. Mostly vodka. A little bit of tequila. Mm-hmm. So... So Starting with, uh, we may not finish this. This is, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you hear two, th- three thuds, that's our heads hitting the table. <laughs> we're, um, well, we're already a, a shot of whiskey into this, so yeah. uh, I didn't uh, have any whiskey. I had water beforehand. So. Good call. So uh, first one is Tito's handmade vodka, yep, which I've, I've had. had this. Yeah, it's, it's good. very good vodka. It's actually cheap too. It's, it's not a, terrible. Like, it's like under twenty bucks. Yeah, for a good bottle of vodka. Mm-hmm. So all right, Mike, Michael's. <laughs> Wait, not how on we board. Rate, how we rating this? Uh, um. Gotta be something from Texas, right? Well, have we read anything? Five Alamos. Yeah, George Alamos. W. Bushes. Yeah, there we go. That's fine. <laughs> George W's. G Dubs. Read it. Read it out of George W's. All right, George W's. All right, All right. ready. Mm. That's pretty smooth vodka. Man. That is pretty smooth vodka. Michael, not thinking that so much. It, it's um, it's, it's very alcoholic. <laughs> well, it's literally it's like fucking <laughs> ethanol. So yeah. yeah, it would be. Oh shit, man. <laughs> I may have to spend the night here. <laughs> what? How are you rating that, buddy? Ooh, it makes me feel real warm inside. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> this warm. may be a terrible idea. We probably should have spaced this out. This is it's a three, bad, bad three idea. Really hot G dubs. <laughs> I'll give that uh, three and a half G dubs just because it's vodka. Vodka's yeah. vodka. It's good vodka. Yeah. This but, is um, deep eddy peach. <clears throat> yeah. The, we're now we're drinking a deep eddy peach vodka. Peach vodka. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we Cheers. Go. 
Oh God! Wow. That's awesome. Oh, that was good. That was really good. Oh, that's awesome. That's like one of those peach dum dums, man. Oh my God! I'm not a big peach fan, but that's pretty dang good. I give, a, I give that a four. Yeah, that's four. That's one four four GWs on that. Only yep. because I want to save it in case there's anything else really. really yeah, better. I know. Yeah, it's really good. Last though. time I, I that reminded me. I had a bottle of uh, peach moonshine once. It was similar. T- kind of tasted similar to that. It was good. Now that I'm pouring my own portions, I feel like I'm got it. So you guys control. are sleeping here tonight, right? Is that how this is gonna yeah. work? We'll be all right. <laughs> I'm walking home. I'm as sober as a bird. This one is. Uh, uh, I am drunk. <laughs> I am drunk. Deep Eddie's Ruby Red. It's a great fruit. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I am too. Here I like, we go. Oh, it smells good. Cheers. Oh man. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, Shit, that's. <clears throat> I'm going four on that one. Yep, that's a four. I'm actually. It's a double pour on that one. I'm gonna go five on that one. That's really good. He said double pour. It was literally like three milliliters that he put in a glass. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, man. Oh, my God. My stomach tastes oh. like burning right now. Yeah, it really does. <clears throat> uh, this next one is Deep Eddie's uh, Sweet Tea Vodka. Maybe we should save the sweet one for last. Let's do the tequila. Okay. <laughs> tequila, tequila. <laughs> this is a, what oh. kind of tequila is this? Republic Tequila. It's at, literally the bottles in the shape of Texas. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> the stars at night are and bright. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> wow, that was a really that was terrible. But uh, that was yeah. literally the worst Pee Wee Herman I've it ever. Sounded heard. more like Mickey Mouse than. I, uh, I do a really good Mickey Mouse. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I, I was singing uh, to my son last night, and he said, "Do it in your Mickey voice," and I sang "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" in my Mickey Mouse voice. We'll do it. No, don't. Why? Why? Because yeah, he's gotta, had because um, he's already had like two shots of liquor. Uh, <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you like are. Michael is his own fucking pitch pipe. Yep, <laughs> right he had to prep. I did do my. I did do my. There's there's video of Frank Oz doing uh, voice uh, prep for Yoda. We're like. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I am Yoda. <laughs> Michael's drunk. Yeah. yeah. Oh mm-hmm. shit. What is this? Oh, Texas. Tequila. This yeah. is tequila. Mm-hmm. What brand is it? This is Republic Whoa. Tequila. Whoa. That smells awesome. Ooh, that is, I love tequila. Yeah, I'm all. I'm on board with this. Here we go. Mmm. Holy shit, that's really good tequila. That's good tequila. Oh, dude, that's oh, smooth. Yeah. Yeah, that's way better than the other one. Oh my god, that's fantastic! Yeah, that's really. I'm giving that five, man. For tequila, that is really good. Tequila. um, That's five George Dubs. 100 percent agave azul blue agave. I'll go four and a half that Dubs on that. My stomach is a shit show right now. I know. I really like that. That's (laughs) that's a bad idea. Oh man! God God damn you, Ray. Drunk pastor. I literally feel like somebody has lit a fire in my stomach. <laughs> oh, boy. One more. Seriously, how do college kids do this shit every week? I don't know, man. I can't do this. We're not doing full shots, by the way, people. No, I'm doing half not. anyway, so. I'm doing like well, a third. Well, I'm doing more than you guys I'm are doing like sure. a tenth. I've had, what, two or three fingers of uh, whiskey already. Oh, boy. This is Deep Eddie Sweet Tea yeah. Vodka. This is going to be awesome. I already I tell. like sweet. You I get some too. lemonade with yeah, this, man. man. Arnie Palmies. Who wants Arnie Palmies? He's heating up. 
He's on fire. Oh, God. All right, here oh, we go. Man, let's do this. This is like let's how do quick this we can and get move. white girl wasted. Well, pretty quick, pretty it quick. turns out. Ready? Here we go. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, That's five. That's five. That's five dubs, man. Here, I'll kill good. off the rest of that bottle. <laughs> Such oh. a volunteer. Holy shit, bro. We're gonna, we have one more to go. No, we don't. No, we don't. We did Tito's already. Right. It was Tito's. Oh. Oh. No, thank God we're done. Yeah, I'm going to regret this. Yeah. We've Cheers. made a huge mistake. Oh, man. Thanks, Ray. Thank you, Ray, for that, I think. Thank you for being a friend. So can we put off Fat Pastards? I'm pretty sure if I throw chocolate on well, top of this, I'm yeah. gonna We up. got some time. We're going to do Fat Pastards. We're going to no, go. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure Fat Pastards no. is a good idea this week. Um, I think it's we a need really to, good idea. No, I think we need to put this off for another week. <laughs> well, we're going into the news feed first. Well, we can decide I know. after. <laughs> we can decide after. We got some things to go over first. And then we'll oh we'll call God. an audible. All right, we'll call an audible. Okay. I, I'm on board. Ray also that. sent us some really awesome fat pastured stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not sure tonight's a good night for that. Mm. All right, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. Maybe we'll we'll see. Um, so uh, again, this round on Ray Guilford. He is in the pub, Pastured's Pub. Support us on Patreon for one dollar. You can get in the pub. Um, things discussed. In the pub this week, we're struggling with the holidays. Um, my personal record of taking four naps in one day. Um, it's true. I took four naps on Christmas Day. That's uh, something to be really be proud of, it buddy. Was, it was quite the... It's, uh, it's really... Uh, it t- really it's a, took it out of me. That's really something. Um, <laughs> lots of pictures and videos of uh, family and gifts that people received. It was pretty awesome. Uh, it, which I think may have started a pastor's book club. So... Yeah, I think they've already started a close yeah. Facebook, group, Facebook yep. group for that. It's Inception, it's a Facebook group within a Facebook group. Yeah. It's I am so looking forward to my news feed. Can we get to that? Um, we also talked about uh, <laughs> Jesus' birthday cake, um, and then more talk about yoga pants, leggings, and... Uh, uh, no, no, it wasn't no. fucking talk about it. It was you acting like a fucking child about leggings. Well, that's, that's all right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not going to take it back. <laughs> Michael is the worst. I'm not going to take it back. And I realize how ridiculous it is of me to, to put that on somebody else, not to wear certain things in certain places. That said, I still stand by it. I will not retract it. <laughs> well, as long as you're going to be an adult I, about it. I, like, seriously, like, you're a fucking child. Like, <laughs> I can't. I can't help it. All right. I, I can't tell if like you're you're really mad about it or if you're just a fucking troll. Like, I can't tell. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. <laughs> Like so I'm it's definitely, just, it's very on brand. It's, for, yes. it's Mike. Yeah, I am definitely. I'm Michael definitely Michael Basinger TM. If they, if there's a dumb shit hill to die on, <laughs> Michael will find it and he will die I on believe, that. I believe I said that. Like that I, and dying die on the RSVP hill for the live episode. Yep. Jesus. RSVP. Be on time and don't, don't wear leggings. Up. Apparently, <laughs> or do I don't really do, care. Do, seriously, wear leggings just to troll the shit out of him. If you've got any like special mm. leggings, wear I'm, those. I'm like wearing, rainbow leggings. I'm wearing leggings that <laughs> are pickle <laughs> leggings. Or I'm letting the I'm letting the junk go, baby. <laughs> I'm wearing my own tights. Oh man, <laughs> in, a, in a fishnet shirt. Brad was like, "What are we going to do special for the?" I'm for going the live all show? I'm going all Axl Rose from the uh, early '90s. Oh man, spandex right. and fishnet. <laughs> All right, so a huge so, update. So RSVP now for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or don't. We just <laughs> we, we just, just lost, lost a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, big news in the in the pastor's universe. Breaking news: uh, All three of us went to church this week. 
Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, we did. So we need to have like a special episode where Matt and I deconstruct that whole uh that this is that thing. episode. Let's let's talk. Okay. Let's well, do, okay. So we're not going to do a whole episode of going to church. Well, okay. So <laughs> yeah, that's not not going to be one mine, of our mine was downloaded. very pleasant. Mine was very pleasant. We'll get in. Ours was yours. fine. It was fine. So Matt and I went to with our parents to our parents' church, which is the church we grew up at mm-hmm. uh, going to. For reference, our the pastor and has been there since we were there. And so is the he's the not youth. the youth pastor anymore. He's right. a I don't know what he is. Another he got, he pastor. got promoted. To yeah, him. he's like a, he's an associate. He does worship and whatever anyway, discipleship stuff. Yeah. So they're all still there. So it's a lot of the same people mm-hmm. um, that have been there for a long time. Really was dreading going. Um, it was fine. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And Matt and I were talking about it on the way home. It was like, I was like, okay, how about you ride with me and we'll deconstruct that whole experience. <laughs> should have just hit record, man. Well, it was fr- Yeah, we really should have. Bonus yeah. episode on yeah, the podcast. I, I, I don't, we, we kind of just talked about how, here's the thing. Maybe it was just the Christmas spirit, <laughs> but like, <laughs> we, we had a very, we came out of it with a very different tone that we went in, mainly because they're good people. Yeah. They're they really good people, well. and they do good things. It's just what we did, what we decided was that the problem with I will say this church is what I would consider a classic evangelical church. It's yeah. a like it, it's a boomer church in its core. every single yeah. way. It is a baby boomer American evangelical. They have electronic drums Christian church. Real yes. yes, yes. Oh fuck yeah! Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it is literally like whatever you think that is, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. so. Like whatever you think of when you think of just straight evangelical, no real drums, American <laughs> church. It's exactly what it is. They like the problem is not even that I disagreed with a lot of the sermon. I disagree with some of it, but most of it, it's just they don't take it far enough. Yeah, that was our conclusion. Like that theologically, it, like you you say these things, but then you go, oh, but, but, yeah, but, but think about the implications of that. Yeah. You know, and the, so they. The you know, one of the things they talked about that kept coming up was the church doesn't the the church isn't full of wide eyed radicals anymore. And I looked at Matt and I whispered in his ear, "Yeah, it fucking is." But they're getting kicked out of church. <laughs> like they start you know, podcasts. There's tons that's what they, of like that's there's what they there do are now. literally millions of wide eyed radicals that yeah. Christ is transforming people. But they're getting their asses kicked out of church, like of yeah. this kind of church. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like and so, it like and so I was like, yeah, I totally. Like, he read a quote, and I was like, God, I totally agree with that quote. But then I was like, but yeah, he, Jesus is transforming people. Yeah, but those are the people that are getting completely run over by the church by the american church like, yeah. completely. i had a conversation with um one of my relatives who shall go nameless um and they said hi donna <laughs> no it's, 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 it's not my mother um sweet but, sweet um, donna gosh um anyway uh i lost it damn it so anyway i'll go no, back no, no, to no, it no, okay I, go, I ahead. Ahead. go ahead so um he so we were talking about um uh um how the church treats those who are marginalized. And my wife and I were saying, you know, um, a certain denomination is more 
willing to accept those um, who are in the LGBT community. And the the person that we were speaking with said, uh, I've never been to a church where they've actually told people in the LGBT community that they can't be there and they can't be a part of it. I mean, <laughs> and then followed it up by, Ugh. followed it up by, um, they're allowed to come to church. They just can't be the exactly. church. Then what's the fucking point? I know. <laughs> like, Sorry. You know, you're not going to ask. I'm assuming your response no. was, fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he, here's the thing is, is, yeah, you may not say you need to get the fuck out of here. Right. But but, but you're you gonna say make it people in other feel ways. that way, yeah. and that's fucking wrong. Ugh. There again, yeah. like I will say, it was really good to see people that I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, good people. They really are good people, and that's. I came out of that service, not convicted, but like just understanding, like these are good people. Yeah. That, most for the most part, most of them would give you the shirt off their back, like really like selfless people in a, in so many ways. But man, like some of their theology, they just don't. There's like I told Matt, there's such a massive disconnect between what is said and what is acted upon. Yeah, like in there again, once again, that you know, like a call to be sort of radical Christians. Right, fine, but you've got to understand what that actually means. It doesn't mean wearing a Jesus shirt. It doesn't mean voting for fucking Donald Trump. Like, that's what it... It doesn't mean that. And it doesn't mean burning all your Christian CDs. They didn't say, say that, but I'm just saying, like... Your non-Christian CDs. Right, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, burn your Christian CDs. You can burn your Christian shit. CDs and share them to all your friends. <laughs> Hey, listen to this new Chris Tomlin track. Yeah, uh-huh. It's off the hizzy for shizzy, my, my friend, my brother. Chris Tomlin off the heezy. Make that a hashtag. Are you putting? Are you writing down hashtags? You I will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it it was a good experience in that it was good to see a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time. People that I grew up with. People yeah, that absolutely in, a, in in so many ways were responsible for my spiritual growth. Yep. Yeah. That I wouldn't be who I am today, yep. for better or worse, whatever you want to say, without them. Yeah. Um, and without their nurturing, without their love, without their care, it was it was fine. It, I'm glad I went. Um, it just, yeah, it just kind of, it was exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, it was it was fine. Yeah. How many uh, Chris Tomlins would you rate it? <laughs> Two Chris Tomlins? I'll give it two Chris Tomlins. <laughs> okay. I'll give it two and a half. I'll be generous. All right. So uh, my experience <laughs> was awesome. Uh, I went to Red Door, um, saw Lucas Allen, former yeah. guest. We need and, to have and Lucas Giff. and Giff on again. Giff yes. was was good. Uh, I also saw, saw Jordan Warner, uh, who um, is, is famous for hashtag hot tubs in Alabama. That was awesome. Oh, my God. God. Um, still like, the best. I, I, I mentioned it to him. Really might like, be the, still the best like, hashtag we've ever had. Yes. Yes, yes. yes they are. That. That's your uh, legacy. And by people, I mean I am still talking about That's your legacy, Jordan. Literally hours later, Jordan and his wife, well, mainly his wife, had a baby. Yeah. Like, they did. Just, they just they like did. a few awesome. hours after, like three minutes after. Mm-hmm. 12.03 a.m. Um, yep. After Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas Day. Um, I met uh, Kevin Moore mm-hmm. and his wife uh, Sarah. Sarah Moore, both turds in the pub. So that was really cool. Got mm-hmm. to talk with them for a little bit. They're nice. They're neat. 
Um, yeah, it was real. It was a really good experience. Good. Lucas played all the songs I wanted him to play. <laughs> um, it was, you know, five 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 Chris Tomlins for me, man. Good um, for you, buddy. It was it was you really need, good. You need to read that one. Five Lucas Allen's. Five Lucas <laughs> Allen's because they're way fucking better. Like seriously, uh, and I'm not saying this because Lucas Allen has been on the show, but like he's my favorite worship leader. Like not even kidding. Like his shit is good. Yeah, he's good. There's, it's yeah, really good. His daughter played. Um, uh, ukulele too. It was really nice. awesome. Um, yeah, that's a stupidly talented family. Yeah, like all of them are talented. Yep. So he played. He was like, "We're gonna play a few local songs," and I was like, "I know exactly the two songs you're gonna play," and he and he played them. And it was great. Good. So looking out, Lucas Allen original was the first one. It was awesome. Oh, he played. He played another song I didn't know right off the get go. Like it wasn't like a worship song. It was like a. Mm-hmm. Christmas song, but it was nice. it was good. Good for you. So five Lucas Allens. Awesome. So, um, Can we move on to news feed now? Yeah. Okay. Let's uh let's let's do uh <laughs> here we go. Stock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your fears. We're headed into the news feed. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I yeah. want to say that's even funnier when I've had a shit ton of liquor. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Andy's anything. staying at my house in a couple of weeks. <laughs> He's going to murder you in your sleep. <laughs> and Andy Moore, not related to uh, Kevin and Sarah. I confirm that in real life. Also, not related to the Andy Moore that sells cars totally in central spelling. Indiana. Totally different spelling. I'm Andy Moore. Hi. You want to buy a Toyota we, for me? We did this bit already. Right. We don't need to do it again. We're not doing this bit I, again. I really un- I need people to understand that aren't cheap. from here that literally not an exaggeration. You, could probably, YouTube, you could probably YouTube it. Yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube there. Andy Moore. All right. Anyway, can I, I'll do mine first because I don't want anybody to steal this. We are doing this bit again, okay. so that's fine. Uh, okay. So you guys remember... We've done the last the the number three and the number two most painful insect oh, yeah. stings. I knew yeah, you were yeah, going to yeah. do From this. From old Coyote Jefferson, oh Coyote Peterson, isn't it? Peterson, Coyote does it Peterson. fucking matter? No. Peterson Jefferson, uh, no, it is Peterson. Whatever. So, hold on. Oh shit. Oh, okay. Uh, so this uh, this guy's dumb. Yeah, he's really dumb. Yeah, <clears throat> he goes around. If you haven't uh, caught these, he goes around getting stung by, I think he's done the 10 most painful insect stings on the pain index or whatever. And this is number one, uh, the bullet ant. Yeah. yeah. So I'll pl- I read about this. I didn't watch the video. Dude, I read about it. So literally 24 hours of pain. Yeah. Like this isn't one of those where like you get stung by a wasp and it hurts for an hour. Walk it off. 24 freaking hours of pain. I, I can't imagine that. In fact, it, watch this. Watch this video. It's like twenty some about twenty minutes long. We're not going to play it. Though. No, I'm not. But fast forward to thirteen minutes, <clears throat> um, and uh, and this is what you're going to get. I'm going to wait for him uh, to get there. But this is a, a bullet ant, and when I say bullet ant, this thing's really the size of a wasp. Oh, so yeah. it's not like an ant in what you would think is an ant. Um, so uh, here, here we go. I'll p- Hopefully when he actually gets stung. Here we go. I'm Coyote Peterson, and I'm about to take on the bullet ant challenge. Are you ready? Let's Are you ready? <laughs> I love One, this so much. Two. Oh my gosh, this is it. It's just waiting. Three. Look at that. Oh. Okay, it's off, it's off, it's off. 
voice reminds me of it's like, the best oh my those, god i freaking love this guy so much it reminds me of one of those voices from like police clues he's it's right in the insertion point guys or blippy i don't know if you guys have ever watched blippy. <laughs> wait 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 hashtag insertion point <laughs> thank you but it's he's got that voice it's right in the insertion point <laughs> i love oh that gosh. that's my favorite <laughs> Yeah, right. I love it. So, so anyway, yeah. So, uh, so that's the most intense one. It's the most intense, intense sting in the insect kingdom. All right. Although I was reading an article where apparently he says at the end that there's one that's sort of debatable, where there's one that he said he may go look for. It. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Dude, Shit. Here's my idea. Here's my idea. Let me let me pitch this. <laughs> Next bite comes from Paul Rudd, Ant Man himself. <laughs> That's got to be Paul Rudd. The Paul Rudd bite has got to be the worst okay. than the bullet bullet, bullet bite. <laughs> it's not the worst idea you've ever had. Yeah, Paul Rudd. And, the, and there's been and many. Mr. Peterson. Among many. Among many. It's really, uh... <laughs> yes, so the Paul Rudd bite. It's oh, that's time. hilarious. All right, so you want to go next? Do you want me to yeah, go next? Yeah, I got two short ones. Of course you do. Um, okay, so first one is uh, a six-year-old... Use a sleeping mom's thumbprint to buy presents on Amazon. Oh, shit. Um, oh, that's bad. So Ashland Howe. How old is this kid again? Six. Oh, my god. So my, my son forever. My youngest son's seven. So kind of around that. Yeah, age. yeah. Yeah. So Ashland Howe, six-year-old. Uh, while her mom was napping on the couch, her daughter Ashland used her mom's thumbprint to unlock her phone. And open the Amazon app. Two hundred fifty dollars later, <laughs> she had shopped for all her presents on Amazon. Oh Mary my! She Christmas. bought she bought thirteen Pokemon items. Nice, all Pokemon. <laughs> and the parents were like the parents that thought they'd been hacked, and the six year old assured them that no, no, I did it. Like she that totally ratted herself out. Incredible. Yeah, That's I love that she just totally owned it. Like, yep, yep it was me. Ashland, I did it. And it's awesome. Well, it says Ashland's mother indicated the child was really proud of herself. So. <laughs> That's pretty genius. Like I'm not gonna a, lie. It, I mean, for for a six year old, that's probably like playing a video game, and you've won. This is my new you, favorite child. This is amazing. Well, you like, fucking like, won the game of like, life. It's like those movies where like they have like fake, like hand scanners or whatever, and they like kill the guy and then use his hand to like open the. They slice his thumbs yeah. off. Yeah, and yeah use basically. His thumbs. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what this is like. That's so. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this one is there's a LGBT high school couple. Uh, let's see where they're from. Doesn't say. Is the couple LGBT or the high yes, school? Yes, the couple is. No, it's not an LGBT high school. No, I'm not sure that exists. Teaches them. Um, so obviously, <laughs> so, when in Rome. <laughs> so obviously, our uh, our, illustri- our illustrious president elect is fond of grabbing women's pussies, as he so <laughs> oh, as he great. has said uh, on he's, air. He's a wonderful human being. We're all very so, fond of him. Uh, so this week, that's a couple. A, that's the second. Pussy reference. That's the fourth one I just did. Uh, we're gonna have another one later too. So yeah, lots, we're, we're, lots of pussy Are talk. Yeah. <laughs> that coming. is MJ Base there on Twitter. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this couple, LGBT high school couple, identifying themselves as Jules and Gabe, 
launched Send Trump Pussy, a nonprofit website that allows anyone in the world to send oh, Trump send an, him send Trump an edible flesh colored vulva on a stick for only three ninety nine. Gross. Here's the problem. Wait, I feel like he wait, would like it. Wait, here here they're basically suckers, so <laughs> you're really gonna like these pictures. Um I just I thought that was like I literally just found that like three minutes ago. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Um this says we're on a mission to show Trump and America that we're unsatisfied and our desire for an inclusive, unmisogynistic America is unwavering. Yeah, here's the problem with it is he's gonna be like, I don't give a shit. That looks yeah. delicious. It, it but like it's it goes back to this kind of like that Volva is huge. Is it, it, what is it exactly? Is it just? They should have called that? it. They should have called it BiglyVolva.com. <laughs> Did you? Is it? I don't want to assume here, but I don't remember what you, exactly you said. Did you say this was a cookie? It's a sucker. Oh, it's a sucker. Yes. Oh, it's a sucker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brad's done. This message approved by Donald J. Trump. <laughs> Oh, apparently. I hate, so I just I hate him so much. So I'm reading this article. <laughs> for those who don't want to send Trump a, <laughs> I'm reading directly from this. So okay. for those who don't want to send Trump a pussy pop, <laughs> the website. <laughs> How many la- <laughs> licks does it take to get to the center? send any more of those, you can send dicks to Donald. <laughs> a similar but unrelated campaign created in August that offers to send edible lollipop penises to the world's hugest douchebag for four ninety nine. So anyway, yeah. I'm so you can imagining Donald Trump opening his mouth. Oh, that looks delicious. That looks delicious. Oh, too far. Too far. You're fired. Oh my god! Anyway, man, that I think my head's gonna explode. I know. Oh, I'm sweating. So anyway, that's that's something you can do if you want to do that. Yeah. You want to drop three ninety nine? It kind of goes back to the, all the people that donated uh, to Planned Parenthood and Mike Pence's name. Well, I feel like at least that is useful. It's useful. <laughs> I'm yeah. Not sure, this is all that useful. This but... is just sort of like a plus level trolling is all this is. Oh so. man. All right. Um, I, 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 don't, I, I can't really, you talk, can't that. really no. talk that at all. Um, so these guys were uh, obviously under the influence. Um, Wait, and, us or these no, guys? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> a little column A, a little David column B. David Grigsby and Robert Bourne 
Jason's brother. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> um, I was literally about to say it. Um, they were, uh, they were, they had decided they were going to go get some barbecue one night. Yeah. Uh, recently, and um, you know they decided, uh, you know we need some extra money. Um, maybe maybe we could rob this place. Um, little did they know that they had accidentally pocket dialed nine one one. While they were inebriated in their car, talking about going to rob Brothers Barbecue in Danville. Um, Same. Uh, so uh, the emergency function on their phone uh, called 911, and um, they were discussing different places they might rob, including Brothers Barbecue. Authorities determined uh, where the call originated from and contacted uh, Danville Police Chief Tony Gray, who, as it turned out, was enjoying a meal inside of the restaurant. <laughs> Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> when we stepped out back to talk, the dispatcher uh, was able to pinpoint the phone, and the call was coming from somewhere in the parking lot. Um, at the time, they were located the two t- suspects sitting in their vehicle, um, and it seems they may have been sauced because they were uh, charged with public intoxication um, and disorderly contact. And, uh, conduct. Conduct. Contact. Disorderly <laughs> contact's a totally different thing. Uh, I quite enjoy disorderly content. <laughs> and uh, uh, possession of an open alcohol container in a vehicle. So, um, yeah. They're always watching. Always listening. <laughs> always. Especially when you dial them. That's big brother. Great. Big brother inside of a BBQ joint. Big mm, brother. Yeah. Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See the connection there? I do. Yeah. Can we move on? Um, yeah. Let's do Fat Pastards. Are we going to do Fat Pastards? Yeah, my stomach's not on fire anymore. All right, so. All right let's do <laughs> Fat Pastards. Here we go. Um, Matt's still drinking, by Matt the way. Matt is still drinking. He just did a shot. All right, here <clears> we go. <throat> Fat Pastards. Yeah. <laughs> Get into it. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ray Guilford... Um, the um, ever ever awesome uh, Galactic Wonderlust on Twitter. He also has an Etsy page. I don't know what it is right now. I'm too, <laughs> too drunk to look it up. Um, I'm not drunk. I'm just buzzed. Give me one of those. Oh, shoot. Let me make oh, sure we're still sorry, recording. Did I just mess up your computer? Sorry, uh, No, buddy. you're fine. Are we still um, recording? Seriously? We are recording. Okay. I'm looking oh, my God. Good. I'm excited about these. I probably shouldn't be, but I'm going to read what this is. It smells like pepper. Oh, it smells like... Oh, shit. All right, this is a this habanero... Is gonna, this is going to be bad. This is a habanero um, praline. Oh, no. It's a pecan pralines. I was looking forward to this until I smelled it, and it smells like just a straight habanero pepper. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need I'm gonna oh, need a refill my on my water God. in aisle one. Um, this <clears> is from Austin, Texas as well, from Lambs, L-A-M-M-E-S, Candies. Um. Wouldn't be loms. Loms, yeah. Number one ingredient: pecans. Number two: corn syrup. Number three. <laughs> Nobody needs to see the sugar, fucking recipe. Art. Margarine. God damn it. Habanero chilies. All right. <clears throat> Ready? No. Let let's me let's do this. My... I'm really not going to want. I really don't want to do this. I do. Let's do this. All right. Ready? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. They're really, they're really good. Oh, holy shit! 
Those are freaking delicious. Yeah, those are really good. It's really good. Oh, we, let's uh, really do hot. these out oh, of uh, five Lance Armstrongs. <clears throat> what? He's from Austin, isn't he? Is he? He's from Texas. Can we, um, those have just the right amount of heat. That is delicious. Yeah, can we do, are, holy shit. Can we do uh, shit. negative um, testicles from Lance Armstrong? <laughs> wow. Yeah, let's, he had cancer. You're a shitty person. Well, let's make, fun, let's shitty make fun, person. fun of cancer while we're Not at it. Not making fun of cancer. We're making fun of Lance Armstrong, who's a, a dick with one ball. He cheated That's his MJ way. MJ Basinger on Twitter. <laughs> he cheated his way to the to the top. <clears throat> These are awesome. Ask Cheryl. They Crow. actually are really good. I don't yeah. even care what we're rating about. Five. Five Lance Armstrongs or balls or whatever. It's like just the amount it's of just, sweetness and hotness. It's a good amount of heat, yeah, mm. but it's not terrible. I expect those to be a lot worse. Like my oh, wife. my God. Those mm-hmm. are ridiculous. That, that is so good. <laughs> yeah, that's five. That's five for me. Yeah. I'll go five. Yeah, five Lance Armstrongs. Man, those are good. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to be able to finish it, but... Yeah, I, I might have to. There is just enough burn there. That's about as hot as my salsa. About as hot as the salsa I make. Yeah. Mm, man, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Some good dead air right here. So good. I'm just over here eating. <laughs> Don't mind can we, me. Can we just hit the pause button for a minute while we can finish these? No. When a man loves a really hot habanero praline. Is there anything that comes in Michael's your head that you Michael's the worst say? rap battle guy ever. <laughs> Yo, my rhymes are dope. Stop. Your face Stop. is a joke. Mm. Dope and joke don't rhyme, Michael. Um, I like to eat egg yolks. Mm. Bring it. I yep. really wish we just hit the pause button. Are your arms? <laughs> I love that we just. Are your knees weak? Are your knees weak and arms heavy? Mom's spaghetti. Is there vomit on your sweater already? Have you guys seen my niece showed me this today? Um, there okay, is now it's getting hot after I ate yeah. the whole thing. That's really good. My niece, my niece showed me a video of uh, a remix of. Do we have more of those? Was that, that song? it? There's one extra. Damn it. Um. Hey, Ray, if you want to send like eight boxes of those, that'd be fantastic. I, I am literally sweating. Those are great. Um, anyway. This is um, definitely our sweatiest podcast ever. The, the sweatiest podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Manny showed me a video of just like somebody remixed that whole song, but it's all mom spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I'll have to, I'll have to show mm-hmm. it to you. It's awesome. Um, so we're going to preface... Um, this FUFI coming up. Oh, God. God. You're going to love this. Um, we had some holy shit moments Dude. right in the middle of it. Okay, so <clears throat> knowing that we interviewed Science Mike, we interviewed Rob Bell, we interviewed Derek Webb, um, this is the best we, we, interview. We love those guys. Don't get us wrong. No, no, and, and Richard Jacobson, awesome. Brandon Andrus, ask her him. Yeah, Brandon. F, yeah, Brandon. F you, Brandon. Um, but no, seriously, might be the best interview we've ever... This dude... Cannot oversell this. She'll be yeah. back on the podcast. Yeah. Hillary will be back on the podcast. It's so good. So with that, um, here we go. You guys ready? Yep. Further up and further in. Further up further in. Yeah. All right. Today we have Hillary McBride on our show. So super, super pumped. Um, Hillary McBride is a PhD student in counseling uh, psychology at the University of British Columbia 
in Vancouver. Um, she holds a master's in ar- master's of arts in counseling psychology. <laughs> Uh, she has a full-time private practice in counseling psychology in Vancouver, so she is a Canadian. We'll forgive her for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's yeah, forgive let's, her. We just yeah, we, we just we forgive you. Elected Trump, so okay. yeah, let's forgive there her. There you go. She yeah. should really yeah. forgive us for being American. She's the one that needs the apology <laughs> yes. for sure. Um, I'll be your refuge when you come across the border yes, to get please get, a, get away from that. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, she does uh, research and clinical work in areas of the body, specifically women's experiences w- of their bodies, including sex and sexuality, body image, eating disorders, pregnancy, menopause, etc. Um, she has a clinical specialty in trauma, both single incident trauma um, and complex developmental traumas. Good Lord. You could have just shortened this and been like, she's way smarter than we she's are. She's way smarter <laughs> than we are. Um, she recently was chosen for the International Young Investigators Award for her work in the area of women's sexual health by the American Psychological Association, um, the section for the advancement for women as making a significant research contributions for her work in the area of women's body image. It's probably a good thing this is going to be who she gave us two hours because it might take an hour to get through all of her, oh, no. awesome, her amazing <laughs> accomplishments. Oh, no. I'm trying to like borrow credibility here from these these uh, accolades, then maybe people will listen to what I have to say if they yes. think it's. I bet you have. A, I bet you have a lot of. I bet you have a lot of plaques on the wall of your office, don't you? Uh, there's just so many. I can barely even get words. <laughs> she doesn't even bother so painting hard. anymore. She just puts up another plaque. Uh, <laughs> she was recognized by the Canadian Psychological Association with their uh, Best Master's Thesis Award and the Best Paper Award for her research in the area of eating disorder prevention and women's positive body image. Um, she has a book coming out in October 2017 nice. titled As We Are, Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image about her research in the area of how all women can love their bodies as they are. Um, she has an edited handbook coming out in 2018. <laughs> what are you titled, laughing at? What's well, I think of Michael. He just, like, all these accomplishments are just oh. astounding. Like, yeah, it's just, really, oh. really awesome. Um, Thanks, guys. Um, so the, the handbook is called Embodiment uh, and Eating Disorders, Theory, Research, Prevention, and Treatment. Uh, which marries feminist ideas about women's bodies uh, with psychological or no philosophical ideas of embodiment to look at eating disorders as situated in a socio-political context, which encourages women to disappear. Preach. <laughs> so, Oof. so can, can we can we title this uh, episode Hillary Hillary Bride is too good for this podcast? Yes. Yes, Hillary. Hi, feeling feeling entirely unqualified to even Holy like open crap. my mouth at this point. I have a bachelor of science from a fake college. <laughs> oh, fake! Oh, Same. Yeah. Oh wow! Um, wow, right on. That's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> Maybe even worth a degree in itself to try and get a right degree. Good. <laughs> Um, she plans to attend the Women's March in Washington on January 21st, 2017. Um, she, and this is where it gets really good, guys. <laughs> she is literally a- allergic to meat and potatoes. Huh. Um, huh. And she needs nine That's and a half right. hours of sleep. Wait, how much? Nine and a half. Wow. I think yep. I probably need nine and a half as well. So what happens if you don't get nine and a half hours? Oh, shit just gets real. I am like... <laughs> cranky i fall asleep i just cry just crying all the time 
Huh. Hygiene out the window. It's just not good. <laughs> you just give up good. showering altogether. Oh, it's just like, yeah. Just... Yeah. And, and also on the dark net, um, she at <laughs> one point had a, a, the entire uh, DC Talk, an entire album of DC Talk. Uh, memorized, yep. including musical transitions. Uh, oh, wow. Word. Well, that's uh, that's really what something. What album was that? It was Jesus Freak Live. Oh, the live one. Wow. That's even yeah. longer than normal. So my Jesus brother and Freak. I would riff and do the guitar solos and the <laughs> introduction of the band. And here is Sugar Bear. And there, that was their traveling baseman. It was yeah. not one of our finer moments. In fact, uh, Sugar Bear actually played on one of my brother's albums. No. Yeah. You know, my brother wow, was in a Christian Bear. band back in the day, and uh, oh, they had Sugar Bear come and lay down some fat bass tracks. Holy. <laughs> I, I, so I, that's I, like, I swear. like how many how many degrees of separation between me and Toby Mac now? Um, it would be um, <laughs> not, so not nearly enough. My brother, my brother now <laughs> works for Toby Mac, which is, I think, oh, my. So, um, oh, okay. Uh, or he goes on tour with him. And Wait, that makes me like two degrees from Toby Mac. Yeah. That's entirely so, not So now enough. you're two I'll degrees from you. Toby Mac. Yeah. <laughs> We're firing Michael just so we can get one more degree of separation between us That's and right. Toby Mac. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so thank you for coming on our, our hey, podcast we've got here. We're super, super pumped to have you on. Um, we've been trying to get you on for some time, and um, – you sent us like a laundry list of topics you'd be willing to talk to us about. Um, mm. And uh, the one that intrigued us the most was uh, sex and spirituality. Um, before we get into that, um, you're also, yeah. you're, you're also known as the feminine therapist. Feminist. Feminist. Uh, man, feminist. what did I say? You feminist said feminine. Ther- I'm sorry. Those Fem- are actually, they mean therapist. very different things. Yeah, yeah they, they really do. are. Yeah. They totally mean totally different things. Michael yeah. does. Michael doesn't have a great grasp hey, on the I English language. Hey, I read the other stuff really well, though. <laughs> you I, did, I you did all right. Did good. Yeah, I'll give you a B plus. The feminist right. therapist. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that work? Yeah, so it actually goes back a long time. Um, both my parents are therapists, and I had decided at one point that I was not going to be a therapist. I was not going to go do a PhD. I was not going to be a psychologist. I was not going to write a dissertation that was 400 pages long. I wanted more for my life. So I studied um, I studied performance violin, and I was uh, got a scholarship to go to university to study violin and was playing violin probably eight or nine hours a day. And... Wow. Not wow. really existing, not really like not really taking up space in the world because my entire my entire job was to try and do something as perfectly as possible. And I would play for hours and hours and hours and all I would hear was those wrong notes. So the backstory to this, too, is that I struggled with an eating disorder as you you're probably kind of maybe it contextualizes some of my research stuff as well. And was in and out of treatment programs and whatnot and realized that my studying and my playing of violin was actually inhibiting my ability to heal and move forward. So I decided because of the perfectionism, because of the isolation, because of feeling like my existence was about doing something in the perfect way and not about being human and fully alive. And it was very solitary and disconnected from people. So I decided Uh, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to stop going to university. I'm going to go do something where I get the experience of women, of seeing women in a space of freedom and power in their bodies. So I went and I, it's a long story, which we could talk about another time, but uh, ended up living at a birth house in the Northern Philippines where there was no white people. And uh, within six hours of getting off the plane, delivered my first baby and had no training, but there's no Holy rules crap. in the bush. So they're like, pop on some gloves and let's go for it. Wow. And wow. 
had this like really, really profound encounter of walking beside these women, like again, no electricity in the house. It's candlelight. Um, we're walking through someone, walking with someone through a birth in the middle of the night. And someone turns to me, I remember this, it was a transformative moment in my life, turns to me and says, I, I can't do this. I'm going to die. Like she's at this moment of, of transition where it feels like anything that's about to happen, she will not be able to tolerate. And of course she lives and the baby is fine. And she turns to me then and said, I couldn't do anything now. And I remember that moment of, of shift and being able to walk with someone through that shift and realizing that people don't have to be alone in their pain and people don't have to be alone in their suffering. And, and actually there's something very profound about being connected to other people in the moments when, when we feel the most intense sadness or sorrow or pain. So Fortunately, it took me a little while longer to realize that I wanted to do the therapy thing. And I came home and I applied for a midwifery school. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a midwife. This is going to be amazing. And I didn't get in, which was actually a huge blessing because it made me realize that the best part about my experience at that birth house was not checking APGARs and, you know, weighing, weighing placentas and weighing babies. It was about sitting with, <laughs> yeah, got to drop that. Just make sure that I talk about placentas as much as possible. Yes. Um, made me realize that the most important part about that for me was the connection. It wasn't the medical piece. So I went back and did my undergrad in psych and in the process was like, whoa, like this is mine. This is not my parents. This is, this is my thing. And I came here on my own. And so in studying psychology and kind of progressing forward in my healing from my eating disorder, I was able to realize that, that I, that I needed an, a narrative, a counter narrative against the one that had, I felt had contributed to me getting sick, which was about, I need to be perfect. I need to disappear. I need to be only what people want me to be as a woman. And that I felt like it was a divine, it was a divine gift that I came to feminism and seeing, seeing the world and seeing sociocultural and political experiences through a critical lens, which helped me realize that I didn't have to buy into that. I didn't have to buy into the way that the world was saying to exist as a woman. And so that has shaped so much of my, the way that I do mental health work. So looking not just at the individual, but the context that the individual is in and seeing how, you know, how a person experiences the pain and suffering that they do because of all of the things around them that influence them. Yeah. And so in saying that I'm a feminist therapist, I'm looking not only at gender scripts and how they shape mental health and how in particular um, a patriarchal cultural system creates oppression for women, but also looking at how it limits men's experience of themselves and their emotions. And we can talk a little bit more about that today. Yeah. So, yeah. So in being part of the feminist community, what I've realized is that there's a lot of a lot of people who are hurting, a lot of people who've had trauma, a lot of people who have been silenced. Um, and so I write a column in response to people's questions, just as a way of saying like, hey, let's let's be safe for each other as people in this world when there is hurt out there and when there is pain and when we are doing that to each other, let's create a different discourse. And that's kind of my shtick. That's awesome. Wow. Cool. I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure what to say in response to any of that. Yes. It's really good. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's what I mean. Like <laughs> stellar, stellar commentary. You work. Yes. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's, this is my life, um, my life's work and my life's passion. And that's why books and stuff like that come, come really easily because they, um, they're not just this thing that I do for, 
for the sake of um, putting a credit on my CV or something like that. It's because I really believe that people people need to be um, safe to be them in the world, and we can we can make that possible for each other. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy that you know something that um, is so terrible um, can can come something so terrible can can lead you on a path to, to really helping others. And I never yeah. want to say that, that there's, that's a, there's a reason for, for that. Pain right. That I, went through. I, right. I, I think that's kind of bullshit. Um, there's no reason yeah. that people should have to feel that way. Yeah. But I think what's really powerful is, is how you've used that to make it into something, um, that can, uh, change people's lives. It's awesome. Well, I think that like, you're right about saying like, okay, this you're suffering for a reason. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think you can make a reason out yeah, of it. For sure. And what's really cool is when we're not worried about trying to get our relational and social emotional needs met, we have more resources to do that. So in relationship and in the safety of a therapeutic relationship or a marriage or like a friendship or whatever, we can help people, um, we can help people realize that they are more than their experience of suffering and can make meaning out of things. So I think that there is something very, and we'll talk again more about that today um, in this, but I think that there's something really integral about the connection in pain piece that can make something beautiful out of it because my suffering was meaningless and painful and it was something that made me want to die. And then interestingly, I had a therapist who saw me and saw me for more than my symptoms and saw me for more than the label and saw me for more than even the pain, but saw kind of this essence of who I am and it made me come alive. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cursing. Cursing. cursing, Welcome. It's good. Um, So, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I hope that answers that question about like being the feminist therapist and my story about leading, leading there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like we said, we had this laundry list of things you sent us and and we chose, uh, all of them sound awesome. Um, but we really wanted to talk to you today about, um, um, sex and spirituality. And can you tell, talk to us a little bit about that, that connection between sex sure. and spirituality? Before I do that, I want to hear what made you interested in that topic. Like, what was it about this that seemed most appealing? We, we actually really haven't covered it at all. Um, yeah. outside of, so it was innovative <laughs> outside, in outside of making dick jokes on this yeah. podcast. We really haven't talked about, <laughs> we're, haven't, we're really good at that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, we've got a PhD in that. Um, <laughs> good, good. We, uh, okay. we, we just really haven't, we really haven't talked about it on the podcast to in, in any kind of contact. And, and, and honestly, I know Brad and I specifically, and when we, the three of us tried to plan a church, Mm-hmm. One of the things I know we talked about, we never got around to, we talked about talking about and never got around to actually talking about in the church was sex because mm. we, as we've grown and progressed in our theology and sort of moved down the pathway, we, one thing we've never really sort of, I guess, laid any kind of groundwork for is like any kind of healthy view of sex. And, mm. you know, because we grew up in, you know, conservative, the, 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 the right, and, and yes. all that that comes with. And that can yeah. be pretty damning yeah. to, to sexuality as a whole. Yeah. And so well, it's a shame. And, and, so, and we've never, we've never really come down on any kind of specific healthy approach of way of talking mm-hmm. about it and how to talk about it and what to talk about. And so it, that it, it's just something we'd like to hear another perspective on. Yeah. Somebody who does this sort of for a living and say, you know, where, what can we, what, how do we approach this as, yeah. as progressive Christians? Because 
And one of the questions I actually had, and we'll get, we can get to it in a little bit, was, you know, mm-hmm. what's, what does a balanced sexual ethic look like? And we'll, we'll, yeah, that, I love that question. That's where, that's where that question came from, because we just don't, we just don't know. And so yeah. we, we, we're really interested in kind of hearing what that might look like. Yeah. Okay. So before I jump in, I want to, I want to define some terms because we're going to throw out stuff like spirituality and sexuality and sex. And, and I want to make sure that we are talking about the same constructs. And then if we disagree with those things, then we can go from there. Um, so I'm going to use McNee's definition of spirituality. He, um, he's one of the authors that I'll talk a little bit about today if I end up getting into some research, um, who does research about spirituality and sexuality or spirituality and sex in particular and how people have had peak experiences in both at the same time. So they're having like, they're climaxing, they're having an orgasm and they have an encounter with God at the exact same time. And so I'm going to use his definition of spirituality, which is, It's a core dimension of humanity that seeks to discover meaning, purpose, and connectedness with self, others, and ultimately with God, or sometimes referred to as ultimate other or ultimate divine. Yeah. Does that seem like it fits? Does it have a picture of Sting next to it? No. (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Ah, And you know what's cool is we can talk about the difference between like Christian sexual and spiritual encounters and tantric spiritual and sexual encounters, because there's actually some differences in how people depending on their spiritual position or religious position, will experience those two things together. I was um, thinking of Matthew McConaughey naked playing bongo drums. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever works for you. <laughs> no judgment here. Well, plenty of judgment here, so that's fine. Yeah. I was going to say, we'll go ahead and judge yeah. him. You can go ahead yeah. and not. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> and then for the purposes of our our chat today sexuality is the the physical emotional psychological and spiritual em- energy that permeates influences and colors our entire being and personality in its quest for love communion friendship wholeness self perpetuation and self transcendence so i want to talk about sex is actually being more than genital intercourse but sex being kind of the fulfillment or the the movement towards fulfillment of our sexuality and our sexual desires Huh. That that fits? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that works for me. Um, embodiment, I'll talk about that a little bit, and you've heard that in my introduction. Embodiment is, is the consciousness of the feelings and sensations within our bodies. So instead of thinking of this dualistic perspective as our mind being good or our spirit being good and our body being bad and flesh is bad, thinking about a whole self, a congruent, interconnected self, Um, that we experience the world through and that the world experiences us through. So embodiment is not just an awareness of our body as an object, but rather an awareness as a body, as a a full, complete self. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Make sense? Cool. Okay. So I want to take a little detour first into talking about some existentialism and phenomenology. So bear with me if, um, and please stop if any of this feels like it's confusing or doesn't make sense, or I'm just like dropping weird words that <laughs> whatever. So no, you're good. Um, Keep going. Good. Okay. Yeah. So have, have any of you guys read, um, Martin Buber's work? You have Martin no, Buber? A little bit here and there. Yeah. Okay. So then you might, you might have some familiarity with what I'm going to be talking about. So Martin Buber is this Jewish existential philosopher who, who has, uh, for lack of better terms, divided human existence into two modes of being. So although that's reductive and dualistic, what we can say is that that there are 
two energies that we bring into this world. And he would say that one is I, thou, and one is I, it. Mm -hmm. And I'll go into explaining how this relates to sexuality because I want this to be the framework that we talk about sex and spirituality from. So he says in I, thou, what we're doing is we're encountering the other person. Instead of using the other person as an object, instead of thinking about the other person as someone that can get something to us that we want, they are a soul, they are a spirit, they are a being that deserves to be encountered. And the relationship between us and them, the I and thou relationship, is life-giving and fulfilling and can be transcendent and it can be spiritual. And it is spiritual because it's about ultimately having a dialogue, like spirit dialogue with another person. And then the other way of being is I, it. And that's generally how we operate in our life. It's us using other people, treating them like objects to get what we want. Mm -hmm. So that could be, you know, I could even be using all of you as it's right now in my quest to gain world domination. I don't know. (laughs) Boy, are you going to be disappointed. (laughs) I know it's true, right? Yeah. No, but I could be using you as three it's, but instead of encountering you as three individuals who live and breathe and have stories and bring to this table something unique and something your own that tells a story about what it's been like to be you and to move through the world in your way. So he says that we have two ways of interacting with people or two ways of existing in the world, and they're I, thou, and I, it. And the most profound experiences are I, thou. And ultimately, my my thesis, if you will, is that both sexuality and sex and spirituality are ultimately I-thou experiences for us mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. bring us outside of ourselves alone into something relational, into something connective, into something that is bigger than ourselves. So I want to – I found this really beautiful quote that I wanted to read um, from Giblin. He's this dude – Paul Giblin, who writes specifically about men and spirituality and sexuality. So I can talk a little bit about his work later. But he says, sexuality and spirituality spring from the same vital life source and have the same end. They're both about relationship, about loving and being loved, about desiring and being desired, and being vulnerable, honest, and intimate. They both require growth and self-knowledge, including awareness of one's limitations and shadows. They both involve the whole self, including the body and emotions. These are not two different forces, nor are they in any way at odds with each other. So I like Giblin's quote about spirituality and sex in that these are meant to be relational, uh, relational activities, which are vulnerable, which are intimate, which are about desire, which are about love and encounter and not about using, using God, God, give me the bicycle that I want. You're just this dispenser to give me my Christmas list or, you know, to my partner, like, I just want to climax every single day of my life to numb my work troubles. Like you, instead of like, can we enter into something together in which you and I create an experience together. So for me, these feel existential, um, they feel relational and fundamentally congruent with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that, um, so you're describing those things. I think some people may be terrified of I, thou, um, and are much more comfortable with I, it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think that's where the, the church, the kind of church that we grew up in, 
gets it so wrong is that mm-hmm. you get the impression that it actually is I it that the your wife yeah. is sort of your property. Yeah. Even if it's yeah. not stated that way, that's the idea is that it's she belongs to you and you know, you're supposed to treat her right, but at the end of the day, like she's kind of just a thing. Yeah. And it's like with, with Boober, um, he doesn't necessarily say this in text, but my, my sense when I read his primary work is that similar to, um, other existential phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenologists, whew, I did it, is that there is, um, is that life is really painful. Life, it's really hard to be alive. It's really hard to feel the pain and the sadness and the aloneness of life. And so we use stuff and people to numb or to feel like we're going to feel better about ourselves. And people and sex and God can be other things that we add to the list that make us feel like we're not so alone and afraid. I was thinking. Oh my God, we could we could totally end the podcast (laughs) right there. (laughs) That that sentence right there. I was thinking that hits for you. Hey, I it. I was thinking about Burger King. And, uh, and have it your way. No, seriously, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, yeah. Because yeah. Burger King is that, like, all right, I need a milkshake and I need a bacon cheeseburger right now. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, it's not that you're getting food for, um, for sustenance or, or mm. f- to, to survive. It's you, you just want a milkshake and a bacon double cheeseburger. Or how uh, about, like, think about the woman on the side of the takeout window. Like, she's an it. She's a food dispenser as yes, opposed to, right. like, somebody who you're like, how, like, how are you? And think about what would happen in our life if we tra- treated every single person in an eye that way. Like, I don't know if I get out the front door in the morning. Like, I don't know if I accomplish anything because we'd have to be so present. Yeah. And that's really hard. That's really yeah. hard to do on a 24-7 basis to be present. Yeah. And you, yeah. I, I know people who are like that. Um, and I just, it just, it seems to me, like, I have moments where I'm like that, but it, mm. it can suck the energy right out of me. Yeah. Um, it can be a little bit exhausting, but I think it's it's so important. And I think those are where the best moments and the best relationships mm. stem from is that I-thou relationship. Yeah. So think about like if we bring this back to sex, like what would happen if instead of just like getting off, instead of just using another person for our sexual pleasure, what happens if like we allowed ourselves to encounter them fully and consider their needs in the same way as our own? What happens if we like we slowed down and the cell phones were away and time stood still and you could be, you could be with someone. And if, if there was barriers to that, like, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious or like, I feel inadequate. What if that was a person that would be safe to process that with? Cause they were going to hold space for you too. Yeah. That's, it makes me think of something. I had a professor in college that mm-hmm. uh, I think had an actual somewhat healthy view of sex, especially for a Christian. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I took a, I got married in college and I took a, uh, it wasn't a class. But we basically, for any couples that were engaged or whatever, you could go to their house, he and his wife's house, once a week. We just kind of met and talked. And was it one thing, no, it was uh, Doc, uh, Mr. Uh, Wheeler. Oh, Dave Wheeler. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, cool. And uh, one thing that he said was, I'm going to give it a butcher. Essentially, he said sex starts in the kitchen. Right. And what he meant by that was, Hey guys, if you're just going to act like your wife is basically just like a housekeeper and 
um, mm-hmm. like this object, then don't expect her to be like horny. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Yeah. when yeah. you when you want sex, don't expect her to be like, okay, great. You know, like there needed his larger point was there needs to be an actual connection there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you need to be. You know, when you help around the house with things, you show her that you don't think that's just her job and she's just a, you know, piece of property and a piece of furniture that just does all this stuff around the house, um, that you're, you see her as yeah. an actual person. Now I, I kind of realize how healthy of a view that is just by what you were saying. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the, well, the limitations of that. Oh, go ahead. You were going to say so something. The, well, like, I mean, you know, Rob and Kristen Bell wrote their book on yeah the, the Zim's I'm a love, which I love. And the whole book's based on the, just the transfer and give and take of energy, which right really transformed how I thought about my relationship with my wife. I mean, I look mm-hmm. back on, I mean, we've been married 18 years and I look back in the early years, especially. And by early years, I mean like the first 15 <laughs> and, <laughs> and realized what a, what a dick I was. I mean, like just mm-hmm. how selfish I was and how it was all about my time and my, you know, and, wow. and I really d- deeply regret a lot of that. Like I just, I spent so much time not paying attention to her needs and her wants and her energy and yeah. trying to make sure that there was an I thou relationship um, mm. that now I'm spending hopefully the next 18 trying to make up for that. Um, and, and I'm so, so glad that you've realized that what a beautiful gift for her and for yourself. It's definitely helped our marriage. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> I think like the, the problem with the sex begins in the kitchen thing is that like the assumption is that she, again, here's the feminist in me coming sure, in. Like right. maybe she doesn't do housework and maybe that's not her thing. Right. But the purpose of that phrase is like, you can't just say like, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's have sex now. And you have to take interest in what the yes. other person wants. And that I've seen it go both ways. There's, there's a lot of couples that I see in couples therapy who have issues around sex where, you know, perhaps he's struggling with depression and anxiety and on medication and his sex drive is really, really, really low. Yeah. And so she has said, give me what I want when I want it. Yep. And, and so it's about the mutual encounter and saying, how can I, right. how can I see you where you are and love and celebrate and connect with you in all sorts of ways instead of just when it serves me? Yes. Yeah. And I, Keep in mind, I went to a super conservative school, so that was, that was considered <laughs> that was considered pretty progressive that's, that's for, right. that, for that environment. Well, you've done well for yourself then. Here. <laughs> Just a step above the caveman. Yeah, yeah, kind of <laughs> hitting the woman over the head. <laughs> yeah, so th- there's like, I think you're right about this this piece though about it takes energy to connect with other people, and perhaps it might be really really scary. And I don't know if you guys have read any of Brene Brown's work. That something I follow her on Twitter. Have not uh, read any of her stuff yet. I've, I've listened to a few of her I, TED talks. I would say I've seen I've seen some of her talks. I haven't read any yeah. of her books, but yeah. Well, the idea here is like if if we're afraid of connecting with other people, it's often because what happens when we've connected with people in the past is that we've been hurt or we've been we've actually felt isolated and alone or we felt shame. And so what we're afraid of doing and connecting with other people is letting people see the parts of us that we carry the most shame about. The problem is that like connecting with other people, if this thesis is correct, that connection with other people or connection connecting with things or people outside of ourselves is what is the the root of sex and spirituality we we lose our ability to connect with other people when we have buried all of our pain and when we put walls up mm-hmm. and and so 
our fear of connection because of our shame issues or our anxiety around that inhibits our ability to do spiritual and sexual authentic connection. And so in, in getting to a healthier place, we need to allow ourselves to confront some of the pain that we carry inside and what we're afraid will happen when we let people see us as we are. There's a, a quote that, that I really like. Um, let's just see if I can remember something about, this is from Parker Palmer's The Hidden Wholeness. I don't know if you guys have read that. I yeah. have, yep. Yeah. Um, when we're afraid that our inner light will be extinguished by the darkness, we hide ourselves from each other. I think it says something like that. Oh, I found the rest here. In the process, we become separated from our own souls. We end up living divided lives so far removed from the truth we hold within that we cannot know the integrity that comes from being what we are. So in saying this, Palmer is saying, I believe that when when we are afraid of being seen, we cut parts of ourselves off, but then we have less to offer other people in connection. And that ends up hurting us because we can't get the healing we need, but it hurts them because then they don't get all of us. And I, I would I would actually argue that that is like the number one problem facing the church, is that mm. we I, facing humanity in general. I think. Sure. But, yeah, I agree but, with you. You know, in our in our context, you know, facing the the church is that nobody is nobody feels safe to be who they are. Yeah. Nobody feels safe to 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 say this is who I am, warts and all, darkness and all, yeah. shadows and all. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm fine with that. I'm working on becoming a better version of myself, but I'm this is who I am. Um, mm. I, you know, with the, you know, with our pastor's pub thing our our closed Facebook, group, right. that's what that place has become is a safe place to wow. say, this is who I am. This is what I think about things. Um, and it's been a really beautiful thing for, it's been a very freeing mm. thing. It's a very safe space mm. for people. And I just don't think people feel safe to be that in, not just in the church, but I think in general, they don't feel safe to be who they are. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. So if we bring this back to sex and spirituality, if we could do sex and spirituality in an I-thou way, those, I believe, have the power to be therapeutic in helping us see ourselves differently. Because if you actually think about the act of, like, we'll, we'll talk about intercourse now as opposed to, like, sex as a broader category, there's, like, you're just you. Like, it's all hanging out. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there, you, you can't hide behind anything. And what happens when you let yourself be fully you and someone says like, oh yes, like this is good. And I like, I want more of you and all of you. And I want to enjoy what we have together when there's nothing in the way. I think that could be the ultimate healing for our shame. And I think that's what, I think that's what spirituality and what what faith and what relationship, again, relationship at the center, connectedness with God can do for us. It can say, you, I see, I see your broken bits and like, I want you anyway. Oh, and if we don't, jeez, God, dude, like this is free guys. This is a free podcast. I feel like Pete Holmes right now. This, yeah, this is geez, free on the internet. <laughs> it's so good. What you're saying is like, I feel so, like we so should good. owe you like a hundred bucks an hour for this or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a I'll send you a bill for my full clinical rate. Or are you but are you going to be sorely disappointed when you get back to yeah. check? <laughs> but the, like I believe that that's what could be really healing about sure. these things because if we're saying it's about connection and what's coming back from that connection is like I see you and I choose you and if that if we allow that to change how we see ourselves then couldn't we go out into the world and say that to other people? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so plan the plan from here on out is have really good sex, 
it will change the world. <laughs> the well, long and the short of that it. That needs can... to be on a t-shirt. Sexual That's fantastic. <laughs> that might need to be the title of the episodes, what that might need to be. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, good. Okay. So the, I'm looking at the, the next question, and then the, yeah. the question Matt was starting to ask, too. They're very similar. Um, yeah. So can you describe the healthy connection of sex and spirituality versus an unhealthy connection? And then what does a healthy sexual ethic look like in modern day, mm-hmm. 2016, 2017? Yeah. Um, and for for our listeners, where that question came from was, you know, you've got the, for, for what I consider the unhealthy, one of the unhealthy, I guess the unhe- unhealthy sexual ethic for more progressive, permissive peoples, you know, the, the, yeah. the college frat guy who's out trying to just get laid every weekend with a different person. Right. And like, I don't, I don't think that's healthy personally. And maybe that's just my conservative, the conservative part of me showing up. I don't think that's healthy to be to be doing that right just anonymous sex all the time um but then on the other side of that is you know for conservative fundamentalist upbringing people in those those categories of upbringing there was the it was all repressive and right deny your dirty sex is dirty deny your urges control all of that and i don't think that's healthy either so right for me the question is what's the balance there because i think there i think there is a balance to be had there and so that's where that, that i guess what we're asking is if you masturbate, does Jesus cry? <laughs> does God kill a kitten? God kills a kitten. You know who's who's got a really great article about that? There's a guy I'm doing an internship with right now. His name's Alex Kui, and he writes about Dr. Alex Kui. He writes um, academically about the theological implications of masturbation and believes that it's all good. So he's a really interesting one to kind of throw down at your family family dinner table conversations. <laughs> like, well, Dr. Quee says, <laughs> mom, how, how do you spell, how do you spell his last name? K W E E. Okay. Alex okay. Quee. All right. And I think he's actually on some sort of like Wikipedia page because his article gets cited so regularly. I can email it to you guys and you can post it if you want to. Okay. Um, so before we do that, I want to, I want to go back to talking about like healthy connection and maybe we could talk about healthy as being ideal, like not always possible. Like I believe as a woman recovering from an eating disorder, like I want to be a healthy person, but there are times when I probably don't eat as much in the day as someone else does, or maybe I eat too much. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not recovered or it doesn't mean that I'm not healthy. Sure. sure. So I would say that my, my band of what healthy is, is maybe perhaps wider than some people who have a binary, like you're, you're perfect and you're not. I would say that we like, let's widen the target a little bit. Mm Um, and, and it's a process, but I want to go back to something I mentioned earlier, which is McNee's study. I think it was like 96 or 97. He did it where people had these peak experiences of experiencing God and experiencing God or some sort of divine presence, like literally while they were having an orgasm or while they were having sex. And there was a bunch of interesting effects that it had on the person's relationship and their experience and their understanding of sex. And I want to just run through them briefly as a way of saying like, hey, why don't we hold these up as like interesting things that happen when we do I thou with somebody. So there's the first one is transformation and healing. So it seems that people had some sort of like shift in worldview and perspective. They had empowerment and purpose. That was the second thing. So there was like a sense of um, being full of power and joy. Uh, There was passionate awareness and connection. So Again, this isn't like a person having sex with an object. It's not like a penis, like you having sex with a vagina. It's like two people connecting and feeling close and passionate together. 
um, and affirmation of godly beliefs, which is an interesting one because in some studies, particularly around Buddhism and Hinduism and sex, it seems that people experience their partner as a god or a goddess, whereas in when Christians have sex and have these really kind of divine encounters, it seems like God is a part of it, but the partner is not God. So there is like an interesting um, connection, almost like a Trinitarian thing happening where it's like the two of us connecting and then God is there, but the person is not God. Um, and then an, a grateful giftedness. Um, so feeling like this was something really special and they felt full of gratitude. And then the last thing, which I thought was really, really cool is that people generally get a sense of gender equality. Huh. Um, so I'll read. Yeah. So pe- these are people who might not even have it from the beginning. Um, so McNee says a final after effect of the sexual and spiritual encounter was a deep sense of parity with one's partner. Gender dualism was rendered powerless. Although many participants sensed equality with their other gender spouses beforehand, not all did. And the experience affirmed that they were partners of the same worth and value. Several of the male contributors were impressed by the fact that their husband, that husband and wife have equal rights in lovemaking and that no one's entitled to the other person's body. That so is there's fascinating. A, yeah, this is like <laughs> legit scientific research that shows that like when, when there's an I-thou experience happening, that, that nobody's having power over somebody else. So I think that leads me into answering your question about about what's healthy and what's unhealthy. And and I think this like I'd also like to come back to the difference between religion and spirituality. Yeah, so thinking yeah. about the difference between like having rules which govern how we access our spirituality versus like the communion aspect of being in relationship with something or someone. That lands Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Sorry, okay. we're we're just we're just trying to process all of this. It yeah. feels really weird. I feel like I'm listening to our podcast for the first time. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, this is like this is good. <laughs> yeah, good job, guys. Yay, it's happening. Yeah, keep, just keep. Uh, to, we're we're very okay. much intrigued. So just, if we, if we okay, don't answer, cool. it's not because we're. <laughs> it's well, not because like, we, we're bored. Yeah, we're okay. still here for sure. We're, we're okay. definitely just listening. Yeah. Off the ground. <laughs> So then if we if we think about what's unhealthy, it's it's the opposite of I thou, it's I it. It's using other people. Yeah. It's encountering other people or in behaving in sexual ways that limit the person's humanity and actually squash the spark in them, d- diminish their value. Um and and could be could count as I'm trying to think of what else. Yeah, like distracting as well. Like when we're using sex or spirituality to numb and distract versus encountering something, I would say that those are probably not the ways that would be most beneficial to us or other people. I mean, I want to take a really firm stance and say that sexual abuse, sexual assault, rape, all of those things, while they include aspects of sexual behavior, are in no way healthy whatsoever. And, And that there is something very, very oppressive and like unjust about taking someone's humanity by trying to gratify your own sexual needs. So I would say that that like, although, although we might not do that in a really explicit way in a marriage relationship, I think that it happens more than we would like to say that it happens. Um, Can can I go on a tangent real quick along those lines? What, this was kind of one of our questions we were going to have later, but let's just go ahead and cover it now because I think it's, it's connected. Yeah. What part do you think does, do you feel like pornography the, oh plays a huge part in that? Like huge part. Yeah. Like that's yeah, my absolutely. biggest problem with it is that it create, it's all 
male domination, essentially, um, well, women as said, objects as an it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you hit right. Like, I don't really have much more to say than that, except that it is completely dehumanizing and objectif- objectifying of the people who participate in it, even the men, yeah. but particularly the women in which there is incredible amounts of violence, which become normalized yes. because they are um, presented in a situation in which a woman is saying no, but please keep going. Yeah. And there are like narratives of female sexuality, which were dismissive of the existence of being human and having wants and needs, um, having pain, feeling a body being treated like a full self. Um, there's a fantastic book written about this called, uh, getting off masculinity, pornography and the end of masculinity. It's written by Robert Jensen and it's a man who writes about, um, the influences of porn, both um, neurobiologically and politically and ethically and stuff like that, and talks about needing a new ethic around masculinity, a new narrative of masculinity in which men don't define their value as having power over women. Awesome. So, yeah, he's, he's a really good porn bad. <laughs> so <laughs> treating. Thanks, thanks, thanks for doing <laughs> that, Michael. We appreciate that. That, uh, that, that that's a, that's an yeah. important contribution. That's yeah, right. thank you, thank that. you. Well, it's interesting to see. Like, I, I remember seeing someone in therapy. Um, oh gosh, it's been a few years now, but I, they were talking about pornography and how it was too hard to connect with somebody else. They had to woo a woman, so it was easier to watch porn because it required nothing of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so there is something about, I would say that that's, that's really sad for that person. And it makes me wonder what's happened in their life that it, it hurt them so much to extend themselves and risk and be vulnerable with another human being. So I, I, I think that, that, that man that I was speaking with was not a bad, evil man, but he was a product of a sociocultural narrative which paints a picture of men and their sexuality and what it means to be human in such a way that it limits limits who we are and creates these fragmentations. Wow. Yeah. That's, sorry. That's another one where we were just jaw on the floor. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, we, like, if we think about I, thou, and sex as being about interacting and connecting, then porn is the ultimate I, it. It's saying yeah. like, I'm using, I'm using you as opposed to entering into a relationship and you in porn, people don't need anything from you. Yeah. They don't ask anything. So they don't require you to show up and be emotionally available. And so it's like, can you live off candy? No, at some point you're going to get diabetes and you're never going to feel full and you're never going to have a proper bowel movement and it's going to be like horrific for your body. Like you need to have whole grains sometimes. You need to like eat your broccoli and your kale and you need to – not that I could reduce a human to like getting nourishment because that's kind of I it as well. But I, I want to say that like we can't – it makes me wonder what's happening in this world that it's so hard for people to show up for each other and all we want to do is just take – Wow. Again, again, another uh, uh, Burger King have it your way. Porn yeah, is, is right. King. Porn is the diabetes of sex. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Like in in psychotherapy, especially in among therapists who do sex therapy, pornography is often used as a tool for couples, and it's quite. Um, it's quite popular for therapists to say, "Well, like, why don't you watch porn together and try something new?" and I'm on the fringe as a second wave feminist, as a radical feminist and a person of faith who says, I actually don't believe that 
bringing objects, which are actually other people, into a relationship is going to help you connect more emotionally and in, in a deep and satisfying way that will enrich your spiritual and sexual connection. Yeah, that so feels I, like it's just treating sort of a surface issue and not really yeah. with a couple as opposed to treating what actually might be going on. Right? Absolutely. <clears throat> because I think, Absolutely. you know, if I'm tracking with you for, for yeah. this whole interview, the whole idea is that sex is essentially should be ideally the byproduct of the of connection that's happening elsewhere outside of the bedroom. Right. Would that be yeah. the correct way to say that? Yeah. Or? And I would say like, I'm not going to like sex, sex and sexual expression could also be like physical urges, but I think that they're meant to be expressed in connection with other yes. people. Yeah. Um, and in a way that's life giving instead of taking from other people. Right. There's a, this guy that I was talking to you about before, Paul Giblin, he's got some interesting stuff about why, why spirituality and s sex in particular show up in such unhealthy ways in men. Would that be helpful for me to talk about? Sure. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, so You do, what you, do whatever you want to do. We're here for it. You do you, girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I have a friend who always says that, and she's really white, and it's really funny. I love it. <laughs> you do you, girl. Uh. <laughs> um, so there's, there's some interesting research that we have about what happens to young boys that shape their expression of masculinity. And it seems that like, okay, I'll back this up. There's a woman, um, who did some research in the eighties with her posse. Her name's Carol Gilligan. And she was talking about, um, you know, like all of these studies that have been done about understanding moral development are done using men and like it seems that women always come up short in these studies that, you know, women are seen as being morally inferior, but could it be that women have different ways of making choices, that we have different ways of figuring out what's right and wrong? So she did this whole, redid all of these old studies and in the process came up with this fact that girls around 12 and 13 start to silence themselves. So up until that point, they have this voice and they're like, this is what's right. This is what's wrong you know, Susie took my pencil and I didn't like it. And I told her she hurt my feelings. And then we talked about it and then it was fine. There's like this very, um, assertive, embodied, agentic, like, I know what I know. And I'm not afraid to narrate my life story for other people. I don't have to play small. And then around puberty, girls in particular notice that they're treated differently because they're in a new way, a sexual being. And so it, it changes the way that the world looks back at them in their changing body. And so girls start to realize like, wow, like I need to preserve my relationships and I, I can't make you uncomfortable because what happens then to how you're going to treat me? So girls around 12 and 13 or around puberty start silencing themselves. You'll hear things like, you know, I thought it was wrong, but, but I don't know. So, you know, you make a really strong statement and then there's like, I'm going to cut it down. And then another thing that happens is someone will say, uh, you know, I really thought that was that was bad. You know, right? 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 <laughs> so like, I want to know that I can be me, but I can still be in relationship with you. So this thing that gets shut off around 12, 13, 14 for girls, and maybe even younger, people started asking like, well, does that happen for boys? And you know, there's lots of narratives like, oh boy, just I'm just not emotional. I'm a man. And it seems that there's actually no difference in terms of the emotional experiences and expression for boys and girls when they're growing up. But boys actually learn younger than girls to shut that off. They learn about five. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So boys typically around three to five develop 
kind of splits in self, like I was talking about in that quote, um, that there's like a part of the self that gets cut off because boys are told, don't cry, be a man, uh, don't be a sissy, don't be a pussy, like, don't be a girl, what are you a girl? And so they learn to actually create this, this hierarchy between thinking and feeling and being masculine means I, I think and I problem solve and I don't have to connect with my feelings. I'm autonomous. I'm an individual. Whereas women f- seem to be socialized in a way that allows them to preserve relation, relational connection. So there's there's some research about that. That's Gilligan and there's more work around that. Um, that if you're curious, I can send you like book lists and resources and stuff like that. Yeah, so sure. there's that developmental stuff and it seems that then because of that, boys don't actually get to practice the skills, the skills of empathy and connection and compassion and to learn how to manage power. Um, there's also seems to be a political and civic participation divide between men and women that boys are often, or this is what this author says, what Gablin says is part of the problem with spirituality and sex for men is that they're, they're not engaged in important issues in the same way that women have been socialized to be allowed to be, or they have a louder voice around. Um, And then one of the last things that he says is this kind of division between spirit and mind or flesh and matter. So a dualistic perspective of the self. Yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah. Holy shit. I feel like I'm going to have to listen to this about four times to process all of this. Like, so Matt and Brad and I have talked before, Not, I don't think ever on the podcast, just about like our problems with like the Christian, uh, yeah. man patriarchy of like yeah. I'm gonna go climb a mountain and punch it right in the throat like, yeah. Um, yeah I'm gonna go out and slay the dragon and yeah. take my we've, we've never like John woman. Eldridge wow yeah. oh, he's the exactly. worst <laughs> I wasn't gonna name drop him but that's exactly thank you what we're fucking talking about. I hated that's that book right. so freaking much um, but we, we've always like not connected with that aspect and yeah. almost kind of like um pushed against it so much that I've got a three and a half year old and we talk about our our feelings. It's what he wants. Um, Uh, And we we say it's okay to cry, but it's not okay to yell and cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he he always wants to talk about his feelings, what he's going through. Um, That's, that just confirms in me that like, that's the right thing to do because like, like I take him over to my parents' house and it's like, suck it up. Big boy. Well, here's the, here's an interesting, have any of you guys read Robert Bly? No. Mm -mm. Uh, Iron John, he writes about masculinity and all the stuff that we're talking about. He says very famously that all the things that we deny and repress, um, and in this case, we'll talk about emotions as well. But he says all of the stuff that we deny and repress goes into the long bag we drag behind us. Wow. I love that quote by Bly. And I talk about it all the time with my clients that, that when we're, n- it's not that you shut off, like my problem with the analogy I used earlier of cutting off a part of you is the implication is that it's gone and it's not there. But the the real issue is that it's there and it's always been there, but you've lost your tools to access it and to actually make peace with your feelings and know how to resolve them and regulate them and integrate them into your relationships so that you can use them as a way to connect more with yourself and with other people. So the pain, the pain that gets buried isn't gone just because you say man up. The boy doesn't stop feeling hurt. He just learns that's not something that I talk about here. Right. Uh, And and I'm honestly, I'm probably, I've probably been guilty of some of that with my son. I really have. And it's not intentional. It just sort of comes out in anger and frustration that I don't know how to deal with the problem. So I tell him to, Ah, (laughs) to, to suck it up and deal with it. And looking back on it, boy, I kind of regret that. 
Might be time to I talk. Wonder, might be time to talk to my boys. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like I wonder if you could say to them like, and even instead of just saying I'm sorry that I did that with you, model yeah. authentic vulnerable connection by saying I'm scared. Yeah. When you have feelings that are big, I feel out of control. And so I tell you to stop them yeah. because I'm actually the one who's afraid. Right. Instead of just saying like, you, this was about you and you should do something different again. This time you're allowed to do something different than what I said before. Right. But you actually model like, here's what it looks like to name sadness. Here's what it looks like to name fear. And when when we have those things in life, because we all will, here's the way that you can deal with them. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's super important. We, so we have a lot of um, listeners who are in the LGBT community. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot. And we know that gender is not always binary. And we've talked a lot yeah. about masculine, feminine. Um, yeah. Um, and I think the I-thou kind of sets that up to where yeah. well, that's like it makes those roles kind of unnecessary. Yes, um, absolutely. And so I, I, guess, I guess for me – um, is, is there, is there a difference in the spirituality between, mm-hmm. um, same sex relationships and, uh, straight relationships or, or any kind of re- relationship outside of the, yeah. the gender like the normative? Yeah. Yeah. So what I'll say is that I can speculate, but most of my other ideas are coming from research and hands-on anecdotal clinical experience. So I want to make, I want to make clear that I'm not actually reading a study that says this. Yeah. But my hypothesis is that it has more to do with who the person is than what kind of label they put on their gender or their sex that has to do with saying, like, I'm, if, if I'm in a relationship with you, I want to know you as you are and I want to do the things that feel good for you and for me together and when none of us get hurt. And I think that has more to do with, yeah, the I-thou stuff than, like, oh, you're, you know, you're – um a really masculine woman in a relationship with a really feminine woman. Okay. Who plays what role? I would say that you're still limiting yourselves to performing a certain binary that doesn't necessarily allow you to inhabit the fullness of who you are as a human. Well, I don't about answer that. That's awesome. so, like I think, yeah, your question is important because we want to make it safe for LGBT community members yes. to talk about their spirituality and their sexuality. But I think that that um, they are still like we are all human and we all deserve the same things from each other, regardless of what our sexual orientation is or not. So I'm going to say the same thing that I would to any of you as I would to people in the LGBT community. Like, let's be human with each other and be vulnerable and compassionate and meet each other where we're at. Yeah. It's about the connection. It's not about the parts, I guess. I don't the part, know. Yeah. That, that would be my thinking. Like if, um, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Um, oh yeah. A couple of questions I want to ask, uh, before we yeah. wrap up, uh, yeah. um, and I think it's important to address, uh, those in the room, those, those, uh, <laughs> those listening who, um, yeah. who are, have an unhealthy, Mm. Um, or even dangerous connection with sex and spirituality and abusive uh, connection. Now, yeah. as, as a therapist, um, what what would you say to those people out there that are that are in that yeah. situation? I would say, um, first of all, I'm really sorry that that you have to work so hard to try and get your needs met in such a way that it hurts other people, 
and I'm sorry that life has been hurtful for you in the way that you don't know how to care for other people in the way that you or they deserve. So that would be my first statement. And after that, I would say I think it's a really, really good thing to go to therapy to find out why your your practices around sex and spirituality are so unhealthy and what perhaps past relationships or traumas you're playing out um, in these parts of your life now. I would want you to read Brene Brown and talk about vulnerability with people in your life and to practice vulnerability, to connect with your other se- yourself and other people in authentic ways, um, to curb social media use and to kind of actually have real encounters with people, um, to stop watching porn if you're watching it at all, to, yeah, to, to cut that cord, um, to see the spirituality underneath religion, to see religion as a vehicle and a cultural method of reaching spirituality, but, but notice and name those shoulds that you feel, um, from culture and from religion, around sex and spirituality and and see if those are ones that are, are serving you well. And, and then to notice and challenge cultural messages, like what is our culture saying about um, being a meaningful person? Is the culture saying that if you have sex with lots of people on the weekend while you're drunk, that it means that you're really cool? Um, then maybe I would, I would ask if that's actually something that in the long run you want to be your legacy. And if that respects the the humanity in the people that you're having sex with or not. Well, I feel like we owe you like another hundred dollars just for that. I'm glad you found that it was useful. That's what I hear you saying. Yes. That's definitely yes. what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, she could translate lizard brain pretty well. Yeah, That's what, yeah. I, what I, I've discovered. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. And if, in, if people find this helpful, let's do this again with the same topic. Oh, even. This, this won't be the last time you're on this podcast. Yeah, we, we yeah. <laughs> there's a lot on that list we want to cover as well. So there's, there's, um, a lot of those topics we want to go over. Even this one, I feel like we've just barely gotten into it. I, I'm guessing we'll get questions and comments and stuff from listeners okay. as well that we can probably throw on a list and have you back on to yes, cover again. Sure. So. Um, where, where can people find you online? Yeah. Um, so my website's just being redone. It'll be up soon. That'll be Hillary L McBride, uh, com. um, online at the feminist where people can write in questions for me or read my answers. Um, uh, I've got another one coming out, I guess at the end of the week on Twitter at Hillary L McBride, um, which will have updates around book releases and speaking engagements and stuff like that. Or, uh, if they want to contact me around clinical stuff or questions, I can't promise I can get to everybody, but, um, my, the best email to reach me at is Hillary L McBride at gmail.com. And my name has two L's in it. <laughs> and then there's the middle L and people always miss at least one L. So <laughs> awesome. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We oh my gosh. Wanna, wanna this was ridiculously on. good. Yeah. Like oh, I'm, I'm so looking pleased. forward to listening to it and being able to actually process, <laughs> process it because like when you're in the middle of the interview, it's really hard to like, like you're, you're thinking about the next, you're question. trying to think about how, what uh-huh. questions do I have about what she's saying? And so you really don't get a chance to really fully listen to it. So when we go back and listen, uh-huh. it's sometimes like, Oh, these, these Holy crap moments when we like, I can't even believe, can you remember her saying that? Yeah. And it well, was totally, it was totally amazing. So we're, we're very uh-huh. excited to go back and listen to it. Thank I'm you. so glad that it was. Yeah. Uh, well-received. It always feels nice to have people like what I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's just well, like you. good. We know, good. we know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're back. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was really awesome. Oh, she's fantastic. I, just uh, 
very pleasant, very just a very pleasant person, very enjoyable conversation, and just just fucking light years smarter than any of us. <laughs> yeah, in this that room. I thou stuff, man. Shit. So yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like the I'm gonna have to, to go like, back and listen to that about 18 times yeah. just to sort of take everything in. I feel like the I thou stuff is sort of like the key to just about everything in life. Yeah, I really do. Yep. Really tapped into something there. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. Um, Thank you, Hillary, for that. She'll be back on. Yes. If she, if she's okay with all the dick jokes and burping and well, I'm sure she's fine with it. Yeah, she seems she seems pretty laid back. Yep. All right, let's go into uh, feedback. Yeah, five star review, Matt. We got a five star review. Hey, hey, I haven't From, read this one yet. I haven't either. From Cortho eighty seven, uh, entitled "Kingdom Come." Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll show myself out. Hold on. Thank you. Thank you. That's impressive. Are you the key master? Uh, really? Thank yeah, you for that. That would be good. That's great, Michael. That was a great addition to the podcast. I'm really glad you did that. Sound effect. There's like once like an e- once or twice an episode where he just contributes nothing. Like it, he that actually was something. Wait, twice. It's a negative contribution. That was something. Yeah, it was something, all right. Anyway, That's a pretty low uh, low estimate. Five-star review. <laughs> He's really proud of himself, you too. You couldn't get that one yeah. done. Five-star review entitled Kingdom Come. I will be done. I followed these guys on Twitter for a while. <laughs> Beach and behind me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was there. I was there. I followed these guys on Twitter for a while, and after being confused about the random links and pics they tweeted, <laughs> that's so understandable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I finally decided to listen to their podcast. Wow. All caps. Wow. He, oh. went, he went caps lock He was that. really disappointed in us. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what a bunch of pieces of shit. <laughs> you guys need to rethink your lives. These guys are the fucking worst. Uh, after the first one, I was hooked. As a someone following a path of faith, deconstruction slash reconstruction, these guys are speaking truth in a profound way. Thank you for that. Um, when I listen, in, when I listen, it feels more like church than church ever has. Oh, God. Preach. What they're doing is nothing short of kingdom work. Keep them coming, pastors. My God. Jeez. Thank you for that. Thank you. Like, I feel like that's way nicer than we deserve, but thank you. We appreciate that very much. Like, really no good. false humility. I can't no. wrap my head around the fact that anybody likes this. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, we had like a three-minute interlude of just us laughing earlier. <laughs> about about the term pussy pops. Like, like that's what it was. Like, <laughs> Snapping to a Slim Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Snapping to a dick stick. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. <coughs> oh. oh boy. Michael, what do you got, buddy? All right. Um, so on Twitter, uh, th- thank you for the five star review. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Write some words. We'll read it as long as it's not stupid. No, if it's um, as good as that, we'll read yeah, it all day long. Yeah. Thank you. Who was that again? Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer. <laughs> thank you, Vince. Thanks, Vince. <clears throat> we love you. <laughs> Thanks for the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> All right. So Ian Irving, he's got a string of tweets here. Uh, five tweets that I think we have to read on, on the on I feel the, like Ian was probably inebriated when he wrote these. I, it was great. So <laughs> He's Irish. Of course he was. Just, just <laughs> Hashtag to, stereotypes. In case you didn't listen to our last episode, just to set the setting, uh, we recorded about 30 minutes. And I say recorded. We didn't actually record about 30 minutes oh, of the show. So and we went back and, and redid the show. Um, and whenever we do that, it's never as good. No. It's never as good as it was the first time. No. Um, 
Anyway, so we talked about it a little bit on the air. We lost 30 minutes of our lives. We can't ever get back. Um, and he, he, he uh, did a series of tweets about it. So the first one, at Pastor's Podcast, at CIA. <laughs> so, what oh, happened to, so what happened in those missing 30 minutes? What secrets are you trying to hide? Hashtag free the truth. Hashtag Pastor's Conspiracy. Now I understand why there's a black van parked out and like down my street. <laughs> All right. Uh, next tweet. At Snowden. <laughs> what do you know about these missing 39 minutes? What are they hiding? Hashtag Pastor's Conspiracy. Next tweet. At Putin. <laughs> RF underscore E. Are you responsible for these missing 30 minutes? Why target the pastors? Hashtag free the truth. Hashtag pastors conspiracy. I always love love the thought of Vladimir Putin reading that and going, what the f- whatever what the, whatever what the fuck is in Russian. At Embassy Cat. <laughs> Ask your owner what he knows. Embassy Why? Cat. Why did they silence those 30 minutes? <laughs> what are they hiding? Hashtag Pastor's Conspiracy. <laughs> and the this last. is the best thing ever. And the final one. At Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> please, please reveal the truth in our hearts and in our minds. Hashtag Pastor's Conspiracy. Oh, my God. So, wow. Ian, thank you. He is he is just barely behind Pete Rollins is my favorite Irishman he, he might He might have just Holy jumped. Holy shit. He might have just it's jumped. It's so good. It. Ian, that is so, so good. So, next time Putin gets gets interviewed, he's like, oh, Pastor's Podcast, I've heard of them. <laughs> oh. How do you say huge in Russian? <laughs> That's probably what he'd say. They're huge. I don't know. <laughs> Um, in response to the brown bag picks that we sent, at least we know where the first nuke's going to land. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Top of right, my fucking yeah. house. Well, really, Martin if it's going to happen, Indiana. just vaporize me immediately. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, Tony Tony Bedora. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Who cares? Well, I'm I sure mean, it Tony, is. Tony probably cares. Bedora. Yeah, Bedora. Probably. yeah it looks it looks right. Um. In response to our unless brown he's from the Middle East, is Bedora. No, he's in the pub. He's he's a pub. <laughs> he's a he's pub, in the guy. pub. Wait, Michael. wait. He said Casey's from the Middle East. You said no, he's in the pub. <laughs> It's not a country. It's not a region of the world. We're starting our own country. <laughs> it's a country of the mind. Jesus. Just just read it. I'm um, sorry I interrupted. Just, I feel bad. He said just he just said keeping it real with a brown bag picks. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Kyle Unger, who the, the drink was on last time, he said, Holy crap, all caps. Holy crap, how did you find the ukulele bathtub video? Friggin' Darknet Michael. <laughs> So. Did you read? We're Brandon's, not really sure. We're Brandon's not really response? sure how he no. does it, Kyle. Brandon's response to that was, "Michael is the darknet," oh. which I thought was <laughs> the best response of the week by far. I am the one who knocks. You I are am the darknet. <laughs> um. So, um, Amanda, mm. our good friend nice. Amanda. Um, as funny as it is when he gets my name wrong, uh, to help Michael out, I've updated my Twitter name to it's. Amanda. That was the best thing of the week, man. That's so good. Hashtag evangelical circle jerks. <laughs> and the corn goblin, uh, her husband, the Iowa, the Iowa Hoosier, wrote, "Great, I'm the snarky Baloo, uh, a temper when I am actually just the former, <laughs> with a temper." Hashtag social media reality. It is your calling card. It is. Yep. What you yep. put out there is what. People know you ask. Yeah. 
Um, Corn Goblin also said, I listened to the serial podcast, The Adventures of the Over <laughs> of the Overly Literal Man. First villain, the subcontext. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag evangelical circle jerks. <laughs> I totally forgot that we I used know. that. Hashtag. So good. And Becky, in my defense, said, um, "Stop, Becky! Stop um, encouraging s- him." Said, Jesus. No, she just said, uh, <laughs> "Michael produces the podcast, but um, um, doesn't say her name." Uh, Callie and uh, Becky does. So, oh, you mean the sisters, yeah. right? Yeah, Twisted Sisters. Check mm-hmm. them out. Yep. Yep. Um, Huff the Magic Dragon is still on her conquest to listen to every podcast. She wrote, um, the Bible is a human book. Hashtag not a new thing. Hashtag hairy baby. Oh, my God. Where was that? Did you? Wow, then, that was way. That was one of the. F- that was top. Way, way, way First back. five. First right? five easily. And yeah. then she asked, did we ever do a podcast on progressive revelation? And I. Mm, not I specifically. Whole one, but I think we talk about we it. We talk about somewhere, it somewhere. Quite a bit. Shoo, damn. That's a good one. I'll be damned if I remember where. Yeah. It's been, been kind of in and out of different podcast yeah. episodes. Yeah. It's like the Holy Spirit, just in and out. Really? I don't Is that know. where we're landing on that? I don't know. <laughs> I was raised in the evangelical church. I don't know a fuck about the <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's very true. That's true. Um, okay. Um, Matt McGraw um, said, great episodes, guys. See you in 2017. Hashtag God help us. <laughs> yeah, for real. Indeed. I'm not sure God can help us at this point. Yes. Um. Mackenzie <coughs> Oliver, who is, is a new turd. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Max Oliver on, on the Facebook. Maximus. Maximus Prime um, <laughs> wrote, uh, so it seems the Pastors Podcast aren't fans of sour beers. No, I'm not. I I'm, I'm just yeah. don't enjoy them much. I'm okay with it if I know it's a sour beer before I put it in my I mouth. I just, I don't want to drink beer in pucker. Like, I just... yeah. It's the ones I've had are they're fine they're okay-ish, but I can't like, do them. Yeah. I, they're fine. I, yeah, I, yeah. He also sent us some pictures of books that he got for Christmas. Oh, nice. Uh, God and the Gay Christian. Oh, good. That's oh, a good yeah. book. Codependent really good. no more. Don't know that one. In the Sin of Certainty by Pete Inns. I have not read I have that. Read I need to I read, need to read it. it. I have the Bible tells me so, and I have not. We should try to get yet. Pete on the podcast. Yes, we should. Yeah, I need to read one of his books all the way through before <laughs> we do that. That that's a good. The Bible tells me so. It's a good one. It's yeah. an easy read too. Um. Uh, the Sassy Atheist said she's binging. Love the Pastors Podcast. Foofy, definitely appreciated by this atheist. Hey, thank hashtag, you, Sassy. Hashtag we are in foxholes. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. When you, when you get her back on here pretty <laughs> that's soon. That's freaking fantastic. Um, I'm getting the, the, the move along. So Nathan Miller West said uh, best of 2016, because we did ask people to tell us what their best of 2016 was. Um, he said, um, uh, "Sir the Baptist was one of his his the favorite things. Finding his uh, pub fam, and then uh, the podcast, and then hashtag thank you for being a friend, and then having a child. I and would ha- assume yeah. would be on his list. Yeah, he didn't put that on there. So, <laughs> and I'm really, really, Nathan, really, Nathan, you might want to rethink that. <laughs> kind of drop the ball on that um, one, buddy." <laughs> And he also did hashtag chapstick is my porn. <laughs> so I can't believe we didn't do that one. That was a good one. Yeah, uh, the Corn Goblin. Two of his highlights were Wrigley Field bleachers um, um, for Pennant clinching the game and watched IU beat Kentucky in Des Moines. Nice, nice. Uh, Amanda said the liturgist gathering in Chicago, seeing the Cubs win the pennant um, the same day from the bleachers and. Uh, uh, starting Twisted Sisters podcast, and number three was uh, D 
Daniel and Anthony's wedding. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Huff the Magic Dragon said losing 65 pounds being found. Jeez. By wow. Yeah, congrats. Congrats. That's really not easy to do. Being found by Inglorious Pastards and her daughter singing her first solo in a new office. New work office. Nice. Isn't nice. It? So that's it. Excellent. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Uh, closing time. Any final thoughts? Nope. Nope. All right. Read us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Write some words. Um, you'll get it literally minutes beforehand if you subscribe. <laughs> um, dozens <laughs> of minutes. Uh, check out our website, gloriouspastards.com. Our good friend, August Blondahl, uh, set that us up for us. Thank you, August. Mm-hmm. So, so support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash pastorspodcast. Um, let's do hashtags. <laughs> what you got? I'm g- Tell me what you got. I've what got you really, really got. Uh, hashtag Jordan Warner and Alabama Thunder Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Jordan Warner. I know. He's like the nicest guy on the <laughs> Thank planet. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, hashtag man. a Lucas Allen original. Yeah. Mm, nice. I, I like the Lucas Allen original. Hashtag Bigly Volva. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a personal favorite. I like this one too. Hashtag disorderly contact. <laughs> What was that? It was you. said disorderly contact. Oh, instead yeah. Of disorderly contact. Okay. Yeah. Hashtag sweatiest podcast ever. Yep. <clears throat> Hashtag snap into a dick stick. I've got that one too. <laughs> Hashtag Michael is the one who knocks. <laughs> That's a good one. And, uh, Hashtag Holy Spirit in and out. <laughs> oh my god, we're not uh, doing we're not uh, doing that. Oh shit. <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Matt, what do you got? Oh my god. god besides emphysema. <clears throat> uh, hashtag Wang placentas. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said Wang. I was no, like, Wait, where the hell did that go? Placentas. <laughs> right. Hashtag porn is the diabetes of sex. <laughs> yep, I've, got, I've got that one yeah. too. <laughs> hashtag Frank Gifford reference. Nice. Hashtag letting the junk go. <laughs> Hashtag Chris Tomlin's off the hizzy. <laughs> That's probably already a real That's one, unfortunately. Pretty good. Hashtag insertion point. Fucking, <laughs> 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 That's my vote. That's yeah. it right Hold there. On. No. Um, hash, hashtag pussy pops. <laughs> No fucking no, way. No. That's uh, hashtag <laughs> Hashtag how many licks? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd hashtag snap it to a dick stick too. Okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> can we just end <laughs> it? No, no. no you got to be other mind. All right. Uh, ha- hashtag uh, climb a mountain and punch it in the throat. Um, hashtag <laughs> porn is diabetes of sex. Uh, hashtag. Uh, make sure I talk about placentas. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that's what uh, Hillary said. That's a direct quote. Uh, hashtag PhD in dick jokes. <laughs> hashtag, I'm <laughs> hashtag I'm just thinking of Ma- Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> and hashtag uh, porn is the diabetes of gotta, sex. Gotta be insertion. I'm going there was insertion. one you said that was hilarious. Uh, was it? Bigly was Volva. Bigly no. Volva. Uh, s- Michael is the one who knocks. No, there was another one. Uh, snap into a dick stick. No, I don't remember. That wasn't it either. Uh, Holy Spirit in and out. No, I'm on board with insertion point. All right, let's, let's do insertion point. Insertion point. <laughs> All right. So, if especially listened, since we're talking about sex, that's yeah. so good. If you've listened to this Sorry, podcast Hillary. Oh, my in its entirety, God. 
Um, make <clears throat> sure you hit us up on. I feel Twitter. like we've negated everything that she talked about. No, I don't think so. <laughs> As long as there's a connection. Uh, make sure you hit us up on, on Twitter. <laughs> Not a literal connection. Um, yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Man, I just lost my whole freaking spot. Um, at Pastor's Podcast. I couldn't think of that. Yeah. Um, at uh, at Polly named Matt. Uh, at Polly named Brad. He'll look at it in Twitter. five years whenever yeah, he gets maybe. back on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and then Facebook.com slash Pastor's Podcast. Find us. That's also where our uh, our event is scheduled. Um, for the Pastors Alive. Um, and then, real quick, um, I want to do something. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hi, friends. It's that time of the week where Michael has a deep thought. You know, guys, I, sometimes it's okay to go back to your old ways. Sometimes you need to change, and sometimes you pick up old habits, and it happens. You know what happens? But you just have to embrace it. Well, friends, that was it. That was, that was it. it. Thank you. What the hell was that? <laughs> it's going to go right into um, our very next segment, the very final segment. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is super I, important. I think you're going to like this. Yeah. Yeah. Should, do we even talk about it or we no. just go right into just it? Just let it rip. All right. Final Thanks words, for listening, guys. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Six, nine, eight, yes. seven, six, five, four. Three, two, one. 2016. <laughs> yeah, this year could suck it, man. Yeah, eat a dick. 